The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric Franson, I.J. Salveson. Appreciate you joining us here on a Tuesday. Talking about what's going on in sports and uh, a couple different things we're going to be getting into this hour. But it's going to be a big one. A lot of stuff we're going to try to cram in. we got the stat that blew our mind, a player of the week. We'll do an in the know with the Air Force Falcons. What do you know about them? Utah State Aggies face the Falcons tonight. Game will be shown on ESPN2. Great opportunity for Utah State to put the last week behind them and uh, start to get back on track because they've got another big showdown coming up this Saturday uh, against Nevada. Great rivalry between those two schools. But um, anyway, so we'll get a little bit more into that. What do we know about Air Force? The XFL has released some of its rules for its upcoming uh, football season, and they're very different. And some of them I really like. What might stick, and do you think the NFL could adopt some of these similar rules? So we'll get into that. And then there's news today that uh, it's not just the Houston Astros that have been involved with stealing signs. Report today that the Boston Red Sox were doing it, and they have been caught doing it. And uh, the uh, Major League Baseball is investigating. Red Sox say they're they're, they're um, assisting any investigations that may be going on, trying to get to the bottom of it and uh, see what's going on here. So stealing signs is becoming more and more of a thing. Advanced technology, easier ways to do it than ever. And uh, it's really simple to do these days. So how does Major League Baseball police that, and what kind of punishments uh, do they put in place? So those are some of the things that we're we're following as uh, trying to um, uh, yeah keep on the, the lighter side of things that may be going on in the world right now. And uh, focusing on uh, what's going on closer to home. Let's put it that way. But, Ajay, this is uh, uh, Region 11 basketball is getting underway here soon. We had a game last night by the uh, the Skyview Bobcats. They got rolling uh, a little bit, and then they dominated. Mountain Crest plays tonight. But we've got a lot of region games that get underway uh, later on this week. The girls start on Thursday and the boys on Friday. Yeah, I can't believe we're already there. And the season's really like about a month, give or take. And it's crazy. Uh, listening to Craig Smith, he says, you know, you got this many guaranteed games left. And so you got to just cherish each one, one of those games. And it sounds cheesy and a little bit cliche, but he's actually right. These, especially high school basketball, these seasons fly by. Um, there is, I mean, you play two games a week most of the time. And, uh, and then it's and then it's full go, and then all of a sudden you find yourself in the state tournament just like that. And uh, again, I, this would be another excited Region Eleven season for both boys and girls. I'm looking forward to the girls. There's a lot of competitive teams in Region Eleven this year, which is awesome to see. But uh, you know, in the boys uh, area, you know, Skyview of course is I think it's your clear cut number one. Green Canyon will be a contender. Another team that I'm looking forward to seeing is Ridgeline. They lose Landon Branch, one of the best scorers in the state of Utah. They lose a little bit of height. They're extremely young, but I think they've got a little bit of moxie in them. They could play spoiler this year, Eric. I'm interested to see how Ridgeline does. 
yeah, they've been scrappy. They've been young, and uh, they've had some. They've played against some pretty tough competition in the non-region, and that's helped them with the the, the recent RPI rankings that have come out. But let's find out a little bit more about them from somebody who follows them closer than we do, and that's Dave Simmons, who is the play-by-play voice for the Riverhawks. He joins us now. Dave, thanks for spending some time with us tonight. No problem, Eric. Uh, that's the understatement of the world, just so you know, or of the year at least. But then again, it's only the sixth, so I agree with the seventh. So it's okay. <laughs> the understatement I'm talking about is, that, as you said, the schedule has, has been difficult for for Ridgeline. Uh, they've played the number one and two teams in the state, regardless of classification. Um, in 6A, they played the number two team in 5A and beat them. Um, ended up playing a really, really good Westlake team last week, who I think RPI-wise is somewhere around six or seven or eight in 6A and should have won that game, lost it by one. So some was, I think it was Ajay that just said, Moxie, they do. This is a a tough-nosed team that is going to come out and play with you every night, and I think they're going to be a tough, tough team to beat in the region. And, Dave, it looks like this is a team that has pretty balanced scoring, or at least how different guys get involved on the court. It's not just like Skyview has Mason Falslov, and he's such a dynamic player that has tremendous gravity that <laughs> follows him. How is it looking for Ridgeline so far this year? Okay, so your youngest, you mentioned it's a very young team. It is a young team. Your, your leading scorer is Caden Cox, averaging just under 15 points a game, and he's just a sophomore. You're also getting very, very high production out of Peyton Knowles, who's also just a sophomore. Um, he, he's the leading rebounder on the team right now. Um, and so you're getting two guys that start, that are only sophomores, and then you have a junior and two seniors. Um, as far as scoring balance goes, here's my thing. I've done this a long time, and here's what I've realized is that you need, I believe, you need three players that average double figures on a high school team. You need one that's probably getting up in the high teens, maybe even to close to 20. Then you need a guy that's going to be in that 14, 15 range, and then you can have one that's around 11 or 12. And then you need somebody that's going to accidentally sneak in there once in a while. That's a, kind of that wild card. And I'm telling you, those teams that have three players that average double figures are always in it at the end. And Ridgeline doesn't quite have that yet. They have the, the Caden with 18 or 14.8 a game. After that, you're dropping down into about eight, not quite eight points per game. So they need a little more production out of, and I'm, hopefully this isn't too much pressure on these kids, but you got a couple seniors, Jackson Baker um, and, and, and Jacob Salveson, who are seniors who've had a little bit of varsity time coming into the season. They really need to get a little bit more offensive production out of those two. Where does, uh, I know they have an Adams kid on there. I believe it's Spencer Adams, if I'm not Spencer. mistaken. What can you tell us about him? Spence is super quick, and he's going to give you really, really good defense. He's coming off the bench right now um, for the starting point guard is Chase Hall, and Chase um, is solid, does a very good job, but at about the four or five-minute mark in the first quarter, he'll usually come out, and Spencer will come in. Um, Chase, as long as he stays out of foul trouble, which there have been games where he struggled to do that, he'll probably play – 70% 70% of the game, and then Spencer will play the other 30. But um, he's, he's run the point guard, AJ, when he does come in. He is he's really quick, and he plays. I know they love his defense. It's, it's a, he, as an on-ball defender, he will give you a ton of effort there. 
There's been a coaching change at Ridgeline this season. What's uh, how, how do you see things going so far with the new coach, and who is he, and introduce him to us? Coach Kyle Day, he's been the JV coach for years. He also, so under Buck Miller, he also coached out at Mountain Crest under Buck Miller. Um, he is, he's, I guess maybe what I could call him is a player's coach. They really like him. I really like him. Every time I've visited with him, he's been super accommodating with me. And, and as far as what I try to do on the radio, very positive. He recognized coming into this season, the, the, uh, the youth on the team. He also recognized the, the high level of competition they were going to face um, in the preseason. Um, I asked him after that last preseason, preseason game, what, as he's a teacher at Ridgeline, he teaches math. I said, well, you're a math teacher. You give grades. What grade would you give this team? And he said, probably around a B, uh, B, B right around there. And he, he's, uh, he's optimistic. I think he's realistic. But the bottom line is, is I, I really feel like the, the, the guys like him and they want to play for him. Hey, speaking of which, I want to take a, just a, a quick sidestep on a tangent here. Uh, speaking of new coaches, Travis Van Leeuwen's let go. Travis Cox is a new coach. What is your thoughts there uh, and what, on what Travis can maybe do for the football team? Okay, Travis, is a, is, Travis Cox is a really good friend of mine. Um, my, my son, as people might know, is a sophomore at Ridgeline, started playing football when Travis Cox basically, it was eighth grade, and he said, hey, that kid needs to be playing football. He came out. And it was a phenomenal experience as eighth graders. And now keep in mind, Travis has been coaching that group who are now sophomores. He's been coaching that group since they were eight years old. Um, the, our first year involved with it, they, at eighth grade, they ran the table, never lost and ended up winning the mini bowl, which a lot of people think is as hard as winning a state championship based on how they have that thing set mm-hmm. up. Yeah. In, in ninth grade as freshmen, Travis Cox coached that freshman group. And they never lost. Um, so, what you what what that should tell you is a couple of things. A, this sophomore group is really good. I mean, it, not only with football but basketball, as you can see, you're starting two freshmen, um, or excuse me, two sophomores basketball. Keep in mind their basketball team last year. This sophomore group as freshmen never lost. This is this is a really good group coming up. So Travis is at least inheriting a, a group of guys that he knows. First of all, he knows the the grade older, which next year are going to be seniors. Um, he's coached those guys with me in basketball and baseball. He, he knows who these kids are, but nobody will prepare more than Travis Cox will. That guy eats it up. And, and as far as football go, goes, he will put in all the time and effort to make sure that that team is prepared. The thing that is, is still remaining to be seen for Travis is he's never ran an organization. If that makes sense, meaning a, a program, I should say he, He's coached a team, and he's never done it at, I guess you could say, the varsity level. You're going to see some better players. You're going to see some better coaching. So Travis is going to have to even prepare beyond what he's accustomed to, but I don't think that's going to be an issue. He's got to surround himself with great, great people, and I know he's, I talked to him the other night, and he's, that is definitely on the, the forefront of his mind as far as putting a staff around him. He'll keep some of the guys that were there last year, your, your offensive line coach, your running backs coach, some of those guys who, who quite frankly, did a very, very good job. Um, so as far as, as football goes, I think that the, the thought is very, very optimistic right now moving forward. But, you know, he's one guy, and he's going to need the help of, of uh, an, a really good staff, and, and the administration's got to stand behind him. 
because this now this is coming from Dave Simmons. You can't you can't keep going through coaches like that because it becomes a job where maybe people are nervous to take it because of of how maybe they would be treated. You know, you bring Coach Van Leeuwen in, and he was only there for what nine months, and and you let him go. Now, obviously, there had to have been a lot of stuff going on there that there's all sorts of crazy speculation out there, and, and I, I don't even pretend to know it all. But the bottom line is they let him go, and they're moving in another direction, so this really needs to work, and I think it will. Dave Simmons, play-by-play uh, -play voice of the Ridgeline River Hawks, uh, does a really, really, really good job on his stuff and, and, and knows Ridgeline better than anybody else. Uh, looking at Ridgeline this year and looking at the way the region is set up, give us your thoughts on Region 11 basketball as a whole and what you're seeing. The same as it's always been. For some reason, uh, we always, in our region, seem to be in that final four, in that final handful of teams when it's all said and done, and one or two teams will be there. Um, I don't think that it's a surprise to, for, to it would come to a surprise to anybody to expect Skyview to be there with with the talent they have coming back. Um, they should be really really good. Just to kind of solidify my point, um, they're getting double figures out of Mason Falls of twenty two, and you're getting fifteen point eight out of out of Sam Phipps. So Mason's actually taking a little bit more than you should even expect him to have to. And then you've got the drop down to Bracken Schumann averaging almost eight points a game. So that's enough. When, when Mason's getting up to 22, say you were to give two or three of his to um, Schumann and he's now at 10. Now you've got a, a, a kind of a triple monster there where you can have that type of consistency scoring. They're going to be there at the end. And that size that they can bring in athleticism is something that's really hard to you can't teach that. I mean, you've always heard you can't teach size, and, and they, they have that type of thing. I don't – after Skyview, I don't know that the the uh, the difference between the other six teams is that big. I think anybody can be anybody on any given night. With maybe – with no disrespect to our alma mater, Eric, uh, Mountain Crest might, might be on that, that bottom end where they might have a difficult time finding some wins. But I'm not going to count out Coach Brown, but I'm a little biased there because I, I, work, I worked over there at Logan for so many years with him. He's great, and he will have his guys as ready as they can possibly be ready. Green Canyon seems to be solid again. I think Ridgeline is going to be right there playing neck and neck with everybody. Um, but Bear River is the one that is interesting to me because record-wise, you look at those guys and think, well, geez Louise, they're, they're going to be right there with, with Skyview. And then you look at who they've played, and you're like, okay, well, that's not the greatest schedule that they've played. You wonder if a Ridgeline would have played that same schedule that Bear River did, would they have been similar as far as the record goes? I really think home court's going to be huge. You protect your home court, and you go get a couple other wins um, on the road. You're going to be right there. And, and you know what? Here's another thing. I'm going to throw the – here's your bomb. I don't think the Skyview's going to go unbeaten in the region. Somebody's mm. going to Somebody's somebody's gonna jump on them, and the reason I say that is you look at some of their their other games in the past. They have, and and it, mind you, it was early in the season. They only beat Desert Hills fifty six fifty five, and I saw Desert Hills and was not impressed. They they beat they beat Pineview sixty five to sixty four, and I didn't think Pineview was that great to be honest with you. Uh, I I don't I don't know if they're just kind of playing to the competition 
But they got Corner Canyon is one of those. They're awesome, but they hammered Skyview by twenty-one. If you're a number one team in four A playing, say, a top five team in six A, you shouldn't be beat by twenty-one. Am I, am I wrong, guys? I mean, I, I really don't think that should be the case. They got beat by Spanish Fork sixty-four to forty-nine. Nope, that's a lie. They beat Spanish Fork sixty-four to forty-nine. My fault. Lost to Tempview though, eighty-three fifty-three. That's right. So, I'm not... Uh, Skyview's good, but Skyview, it, maybe for them, it's going to have to be the, the night-in and night-out focus, understanding that people aren't just going to walk in and say, oh, Skyview, we're going to get hammered. That's Mason Falso. If he's going to University of Utah, we're going to get hammered. People are going to come play, and, and they're going to try to prove it. When you're at the top of the mountain, the only place to go is down, and people are coming after you. And with, with what they did last year, you better believe people are going to come after them and try to knock them off. And one, there'll be one game this year where that very well could happen. And I don't know who it is. Dave Simmons calls a play-by-play for the Ridgeline Riverhawks. And last question for me, Dave. Uh, we went through a season in uh, football with the RPI. We were starting to see it now start the last few weeks unfolding for basketball. What's the sense that you're getting from the, the coaches and how it's working? Uh, is it a good thing? It's still in its infancy. We're going to see changes. Do you do you do you think? Or do you think it's working like it probably should be? You know what? To be straight up with you, I haven't really had any conversation with the coaches about it. Mostly, for the most part, I think they feel like, well, it is what it is, and there's nothing we can do about it. But I kind of like it. I don't know. I'd be interested to see what you guys think. I only I like it because you play a a difficult preseason like Ridgeline has done, and you compete in those games and you're at least rewarded. I mean, you, you Ridgeline started 0 and 4, but they played, like I said, some, some of the best teams in the state and then ended up, they, they went on a winning streak of about seven and find themselves. I think you guys have probably looked at it since I have somewhere around six or seven, aren't they RPI in the state? Yeah. So even with four or five losses, the fact that they've played who they've played means something. And, that I think is is cool. It lets you go out and you 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 go out and try to play the best possible schedule you can. Get yourself prepared for region play. So personally, I don't hate it. The one thing I had heard uh, around the football time is how that first round is kind of garbage because you're seeing these teams that do not belong there. And Ridgeline, as you guys know, was had kind of a down year football wise. And in their first round against Hurricane, just hammered Hurricane. And it, I mean, Hurricane had no business even being traveling up from St. George area in the first place to go and do that. Is I think some coaches are thinking that's that's not what we should be doing. But I haven't we haven't seen it yet with basketball. My guess is it's going to be similar. If, if all those teams are going to find themselves in the tournament, and you're going to have that first round be a team that's got one or two wins on the season at, at most. That's a that's a hard thing to make that poor team go do when they are just basically land to the slaughter. So I don't know. I think that's the only real beef I've heard about it. What's one thing you'd like to see changed in the RPI system? Since you have to, I mean, I know football and basketball are different based on uh, you know just how many teams, or whatever. But what would, what's one thing you want to see changed? That probably only that. OJ is is maybe you don't send ev- as many teams as you are to to the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to look a little closer at those poor teams that you're sending to an away game that there really is no chance. I heard there was a school, and I can't remember which one it was, that 
half the kids just didn't want to go do it, and they didn't. They quit right there at the end of the at the end of the season. So this poor coach is taking all these sophomores and kids that aren't ready, quite frankly, and having to play these teams that have to get their win, obviously, to continue to move on. So it's it's not I don't know it's not healthy. It's not it's not good for a, a program's morale to do that. So maybe just take a better look at the teams that really shouldn't be going to the tournament. That's all. Well, Dave, we appreciate the time and the insight about the Ridgeline Riverhawks region play getting underway on Friday. And uh, for this week, for this Friday, who does Ridgeline play and how can folks follow the game? Ridgeline will be at home playing Green Canyon on the on Friday the 10th. Um, we, we try to go on the air somewhere around quarter to 7, uh, 6.50, somewhere around there, give a, a bit of a pregame before we get into the action. Um, 104.5 is where you'll find us. Um, you also, but that's going to be also going through the Green Canyon station, isn't it, Eric? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So help me on that one. That one we have now on. That'll uh, be on 100.9 FM. Okay, so but for our listeners out there, I I'm telling you, more and more I'm getting people wondering where they can stream it on their phones. Go to CashValleyDaily.com, click on Sports at the top, and scroll down. You'll see a section that says. Um, I think it says local uh, basketball schedule. You click on that and you'll see a link for all the schools in the Valley you can click on and be able to find the school you're looking to listen to. That's kind of cool too, because if you're a, a Ridgeline fan, you listen to the game, but you want to know what's pop over to the, the Skyview broadcast and see what they're doing. You can hurry and do that really, really quickly right on your phone. Dave, uh, great insight as always. Uh, appreciate the, the homework that you always do for every game. And we love to listen to uh, what you do on these games and best of luck throughout the rest of the year. No problem, guys. Thanks a lot. All right, thanks, Dave. Uh, Dave Simmons, Dude, he's the action. so good. One hundred four point five FM. I, I honestly, in County. I always look forward to having his games when they're on simulcast and such, or when you get a chance to listen to him. He's, I've learned a lot from a lot of people how to do play by play, but I really thoroughly enjoy listening to Dave and what he brings to the table. Uh, just night in and night out with his stuff. It's, it's when uh, he has Nick Zollinger with him, it's like comedy hour. Really? It's, it's fun stuff. Okay, so I never – I got to be better about this. I don't pay attention to it that much because I'm so focused in on listening to Dave. I mean, I'll, I mean, I hear Nick every in, you know, now and then. He has, he has great color analyst insight. But, uh, yeah. We, how come I never get that compliment? Like when me and AJ are on, I would always did, you know, I always sponsor – I you know, I sponsored the scoreboard. Sponsored by Scott Van Pelt's bald head. It's shiny, it's bald, it's beautiful, so you can you. I, I just, I mean, I always give great insight in comedy hour. You guys never compliment me. I just want to know why. As Dave alluded to, the game on Friday is uh, a game between Ridgeline and Green Canyon. I'm switching the topic. Uh, <laughs> now that you we would. can do region play... Uh, whomever is the home team has the home broadcast, if that makes sense. But whichever is your team, that game will always be on your station. So if Ridgeline plays, you can always tune in to 104.5 and hear the broadcast. It may not always be Dave Simmons calling the play-by-play because if they're on the road, say if they're in Green Canyon, you may hear Craig Hislop calling the play-by-play. But um, but we those games are always going to be on those stations. So there's a designated radio station for every high school in Region 11. Uh, pretty cool that we're able to figure out how to do that. It's really unprecedented. You don't see that anywhere. And uh, we were able to figure that out. So 
Good stuff from uh, John Newbold last hour and Dave Simmons and this last segment to get us ready for Region 11. We'll get uh, we'll hear from the other play-by-play announcers over the next couple of nights as we continue to preview these teams ahead of region play on Friday. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, let's get in to know a little bit more about this Air Force Falcons team. The Utah State Aggies will be taking on tonight. The game will be shown on ESPN2. But what do we know about the Falcons? What type of season have they had so far? And what's on the line for the Utah State Aggies? That's coming up next here on the Full Court Press. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric Franson, AJ Salveson. Uh, just a reminder what Dave Simmons said. You want to know what the schedules are, if you want to know what radio stations are following these high school teams, if you want to be able to stream them from your desktop, your mobile device, your your iPad, whatever, go to cashvalleydaily.com. In the menu, you know, the little lines up in the upper right hand corner, click on that and expands the menu. Go to where it says sports. And then from there, there's another little drop-down menu that says local prep sports, and you'll see the link to the local high school basketball schedule. And that's where you'll see the full schedule, what radio stations carry which teams, and the links to listen live. Uh, later tonight, one of those stations will be involved, not with high school basketball, but Utah State basketball. USU getting ready to take on Air Force. Uh, the game is going to be... Uh, at uh, 9 o'clock Mountain Time on ESPN2, another late game. So that means KVNU game night will start at 8 on our sister station, KVNU 610 AM, 102.1 FM. Al Lewis, Jalen Moore doing their homework, breaking it down, and the full one-hour pregame, just like it deserves. And then as soon as the game is over, they'll be on again, and uh, John Russell will pop on and uh, take your calls and reactions to what happens at the Air Force Academy. And, uh, John, this is... John, where'd that come from? Ajay. John, if you're listening, why don't you just hop in the studio here since Eric really wants to hear badly. Throwback for a little while ago. Um, Ajay, this is an Air Force team that doesn't have the greatest record, but this is a team that can be dangerous. They run a a unique style of offense. They're one of the better three-point shooting teams in the country. And uh, the, the things that plagued Utah State against San Diego State... Air Force is very good at. They're very good at three-pointers. They're very good at making their free throws. High-volume three-point shooting team, too. And they, like you said, they're, they're, they're pretty consistent. Uh, really impressed with the fact, I mean, for as many guys as they play, there's not a big drop-off from when they go from starters to bench. Uh, they, it, seems like, it seems to be very consistent. Um, uh, and, and sometimes they do get outscored, uh, at least coming from the bench. But for the most part, they... They compete. I, I re- this this Air Force team is going to be a problem tomorrow night at Air Force on a short rest against a deep bench and a, a team that uh, a team that is is rested. I I have some worries about this team or about about playing Air Force this early in the season after a emotional, really an emotional game Saturday night. Yeah, uh, it's certainly an emotional game. Maybe a letdown game with a, a chance to, to score big on a national stage against a top-ranked opponent. But this Utah State team doesn't have a lot of time to grouse and uh, sit around and, and, and wallow about it. they got to f- you know, 
refocus. Uh, this is a game. It's a road game. It's a conference game. I don't care what your record is. Uh, the, these are tough games to get. Yeah, they are. And, and Air Force has always played Utah State tough. They have. That's especially there. Um, and and the thing with the thing with Air Force is not only do they play a lot of guys, but they're very good at sharing the ball. Uh, last year, uh, you know, led by Sid Tomes, their senior, uh, he uh, he ranked second with the team with uh, seventy two assists. Um, and then, of course, he in, in over two years, he's at 53 threes, which is amazing. Uh, but it's that Lavelle Scotty kid who I think everybody kind of watches out for, right? Lavelle Scotty is the one that uh, can really uh, can score at a high level. He can score in a lot of ways. Not as athletic as Roland Flynn and not as consistent as Roland Flynn, but still pretty dang good in my mind. Uh, he was in the 2019-20 Mountain West preseason off-conference team. Uh, he uh, he's, uh, he's led the... Uh, to me, he loves the Falcons in scoring in the past two seasons. He's averaging just under 15.5 points per game. Uh, he did as a junior. And uh, 18 points in the Mountain West Conference per game. Just incredible stuff. Like, they just, they don't really, and I again, I, I say this with all due respect to, to the Air Force, but they don't lose a lot of anything by going to the bench when they need to. That's what's amazing to me. And I feel like, can I be honest? I feel like we do right now. Uh, that is a big difference. Absolutely, the the bench for Utah State has not really been there much lately. No. At least not offensively. And uh, they, they, it's like the problems that have been plaguing the Jazz until lately. When the starters went out, there just wasn't much help to keep things going with the offense. There's not that spark, like the six man that just comes in with a lot of energy. I might not get a lot of buckets, but man, I'm going to get out there and hustle because I'm just excited to be in the game. Yeah. They don't have that. You know, Justin Bean used to be kind of that guy a year ago, but now he's a starter. They don't have that guy coming off the bench who's, I'm happy to play, get on the court and have minutes. I'm going to hustle. I'm going to deflect the ball. I'm going to you know chase down rebounds. I'm going to jump out of bounds trying to save a ball. I don't know that Utah State really has that guy that comes off the bench. And it's just that spark. That's what they're, they've been missing uh, lately, so this is a chance to get that figured out, to play their game, get back to what they do. Now, Utah State, I said they've played Air Force tough. They are challenging team. Utah State is is pretty much owned this series over the last several years. Um, Air Force has only beaten USU three times in the last five years, um, but still, it, because it is so different. And because they are so proficient at shooting the three, that it's still a dangerous team. And you worry about where this Utah State team is physically and where they are maybe even emotionally after two tough losses. Um, it, well, such high hopes of what this team could do this year, and that's been blunted. So can they can they turn that around? Can they put it behind them and, uh, and have a good good win on the road against an Air Force team? What's really weird about Air Force is some of their wins and losses that are, are still kind of unexplainable to me. Uh, they lost their season opener to Idaho State by 10, 89-79. Uh, beat Texas State by only by 7. Um, lose to Air Force by only 11, but then lose to LMU by 14. Uh, Duchesne, they, they lost to by 6. Lost to Indiana State by 10. Jackson State, they throttled by 16. But then they get into conference play. And they beat Wyoming by nine, and I know Wyoming's a very bad basketball team. Uh, lost in Nevada by fifteen, but beat Denver by nine. Um, I just I don't know. Some of these 
and, and by the way, UC Riverside. Do you remember when UC Riverside used to be a quality Big West team? Well, Air Force beats them 105-56. I remember them being in their Big West. I don't remember them being a quality Big West team. I felt like they always were. There was a, that was a tough place to go to and win. Oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm way off my memory, but uh, and then I mean, Aggies get throttled by 17 to UNLV. Air Force really was in the game the whole time. Uh, in fact, they were up at half, 30, or no, down by at half by three. Uh, ended up losing by 11, or excuse me, by 12, 71 59. Um, uh, this team is in it at half for the most part. In fact, when I look at each of these games, when they're, if they're tra- they've never trailed by. Yeah, they've never trailed by more than 10 or 12 at half. They've always been in it at half. And then, you know, they, they sometimes just falter away, you know, by the end of the game. But, uh, are they still playing? I was looking at their bench, Eric, and help me out if you have those numbers with you by chance because I can't find it. But if I'm not mistaken, they're still playing like five, six guys deep on the bench. Is that still the case? Uh, that's a good... I could not find their numbers on that. I don't know if they released them or not. I know yes. they're. Yep, they have. There it is. Yeah, they 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 play a lot of guys. Yep, they sure do, don't they? Wow. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten players have averaged eight or more minutes. Eleven would be five or more. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, they run a lot of guys through. Nine guys for double day. Do you like that? Do you think it helps Air Force or hurts them? Playing that many guys off the bench. When you look at our bench, and we're I mean, we're barely scraping the surface as of the last two games. Well, the Utah State's had a couple of games where it's only a seven-man rotation. Yeah, I think they've opened that up a little bit more lately. But I, I, it depends. If you've got somebody that's playing great, he's a hot hand, um, and he's helping your team win, yeah, you you ride that pony. But um, but you also, I think there's there's value in having guys that can come in and. Give that guy a break, so sure. he's, he's going to be fresh when it when it matters down the stretch. But it, guys that you got to watch out for, you talked about Scotty. Another one to really watch out for tonight is Ryan Swan. Um, you know, twenty four points um, in against Drake, twenty five points against UC Riverside, nineteen points against UNLV just the other day. So uh, certainly he's kind of come into his own a little bit lately. So Lavelle Scotty is certainly someone that generally leads the team night in and night out, but uh, Ryan Swan is somebody who's found a lot of offense lately, and a lot of it's because of what they're doing beyond the arc. So. Yeah, a very good team beyond the arc. Once they get going, especially at home, Eric, it's it's a tough team to beat. Uh, it's a very close-in place. In fact, they've got some promotions going on tomorrow night to be able to try to increase fan attendance, um, giving away Chick-fil-A sandwiches, uh, they're actually going to increase study time during school so that they have time to be able to go to the game after school. It's, it's kind of interesting. It really is. But they are they're doing what they can to be able to make sure people can come in and, uh, and, and support the Air Force Falcons. And they, they, they feel like this is a big game for them. They feel like, Eric, not only is it a big game for them, reading a couple of reports over there in Colorado Springs in the newspapers, they feel like they can win it. They like their coach is confident that they go and they go play their type of basketball game that they can give Utah State troubles. Well, Utah State has clearly shown they're a vulnerable team. Yeah, 
and where they won it last year, they won the conference tournament, they went to the NCAA tournament. Even though San Diego State is the ranked team this year, Utah State is still the team everybody's going to try to give their best shot against this year too. What is your biggest worry for Utah State going into Air Force? Uh, so many games in a short amount of time. Yeah. And considering the Three games the in seven days, is that right? Yes. And considering the health of the team. Because they're in UNLV on Wednesday, they played uh, at home against San Diego State, and then they're in Colorado Springs tonight. And so, you can't let this get out. Like you cannot let this get out of hand. SB Nation did their uh, bracketology, and they don't even have Utah State in there anymore. Um, they have BYU and Utah in, but they don't have Utah State. You yeah, cannot athletic, let this thing slip has out of Utah your hands. State on the first four out. I think ESPN has Utah State on the bubble, but the last four in. So regardless, they're right there on the fringe right now. Yeah, you can. And, and look, you lose three conference games. Kiss it goodbye. You aren't getting the regular season Mountain West. You got to win the tournament, and at that point, you're fighting to stay out of the bottom feeder of the of the tournament, which would be really scary. Uh, you, you've got to go get this game because, by the way, Nevada's no guaranteed win either. In fact, no, they haven't lost they're, yet. They're kind of they're an improving team right now. They're yeah. on an uptick. Yep. So, a reminder on our sister station KVNU game night coverage starting at eight o'clock tonight. Tip off will be at nine. It'll be on ESPN two. So a late night. Stay up. We'll put the kids to bed the little ones at least, and uh, watch Utah State as a nightcap. But uh, when it's all done, turn on your radio. Uh, Al Lewis, John Russell, they'll be breaking it down as to uh, what happened in at uh, the Air Force Academy tonight. Coming up next here in the Full Court Press, the stat that blew our mind, a player of the week, and some controversy with more sign stealing taking place in Major League Baseball. This time, has nothing to do with the Astros, but has to do with the Boston Red Sox. Talk about it coming up next to the Full Court Press. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. Controversy, Major League Baseball. The Houston Astros came under fire for allegations of stealing signs and pretty good video evidence of what they were doing. Now the Boston Red Sox are under fire for similarly stealing signs, though maybe a little more sophisticated in how they were doing it. First reported on The Athletic. Uh, apparently, this ha- was happening during the 2018 World Series season, World Series championship season, no less. Uh, they were reporting three anonymous people are confirming the report. Uh, but apparently, players would visit the replay room to decipher an opponent's signed sequence. And then they'd relay that information to the dugout and then someone in the dugout would communicate with a base runner who would then use different body movements to relay pitch information to the batter. That's quite a chain there, Ajay. How quickly does that now, have to move along? That, that's, to that's the thing. Be useful that's the thing. Is, in a pitch. Is with, with Major League Baseball players, pitching coaches, and hitting coaches, it's quick. Like They give them enough tips to each other to be able to know, hey, 
This is and and by the way, the movements, for example, with the Red Sox being investigated, it's because like they would get it from the video room, go to the dugout, and then the dugout would relay it to the the base runner who would relate to the batter by just subtle movements, right? Um, so if you grab the bill of your your helmet, it's a fastball. If you swipe your belt or play with your jersey, it's a changeup or a curveball. If you readjust your socks or your pants or your, um, you play with your cleats, it's a slider or it's a splitter. So you just, I mean, just simple stuff like that that nobody would catch on to. And so, but it's got, but like you said, it's got to happen just like that. You go to the you go to the room. You figure it out. You go to the dugout. You tip them off. They tip it to the uh, batter or runner tips it to the batter. So, uh, according to the report, multiple Red Sox sources said that it was impossible to do, to do this during the postseason. Oh yeah, because Major League Baseball has yeah, people definitely monitored there in person in the video replay rooms during the playoffs. But during the regular season, they were doing it. Um, and they would use cameras to zoom in on where the, the catchers were making their signals. Then they'd give it out there, pass it along. Uh, not good because we've already known no, the commissioner has come look. down and said there is going to be harsh and severe punishment for cheating. I can only imagine what's going to be coming at Houston and at Boston. What 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 would consider be what would you consider being severe punishment in baseball? Because there's so many draft picks in baseball that I don't even know if that affects you that much. I don't think it does. Plus, Post-season you have a ban. minor league system. So, what's a severe punishment in baseball? Postseason ban. Ooh, think he go that far? I like it. I, I really like it. But do you think he does it? I don't know. That's I don't know. Discrediting your World Series, Ooh. erasing it and wiping it out. Because that'd be two World Series champions that have yep. under allegations. Yep. The seventeen Astros now and the eighteen they say, uh, Sox and, and 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 Eric. They say that they couldn't get it done in the postseason. I still think they could. I really do. They'd find a way. You don't just sit there and like, oh well, we have no video monitor. Screw it. Forget it. We're not going to do it. Come on. They'd find a way. That's yeah, that's crazy. Like I mean, if the Houston Astros did it, I mean, it explains a lot. If the Red Sox do it, it almost tarnishes baseball to an it's a black guy on baseball, man. The Red Sox were this lovable team in two thousand four when they won the World Series, right? They were still lovable in two thousand seven when they won it again. By two thousand fourteen or whatever, people were sick of it. Well, this is after the 2018 season. Yeah, well, that's what I'm it. saying, though. Now, now you get up to 2018, and people would love, especially a city just north or east of Boston, northeast, if you will. South, west of Boston? What? You're talking about New York? Yeah, that's, that's not. Southwest. No, it's not. New York is not north of Boston. It's like. It'd be. No, it'd be north. No, it's not. Yeah, it would. Let me pull up a map. Look at the map. Regardless, Look the Yankees would be very happy to. to hear oh, this. they'd be thrilled. And 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 by the way, to have them eliminated from postseason ban. Ooh, Yankees would love that. 
And and, and by the way, do you punish two teams in one year? Good. Yeah, they're they're, they're already investigating the, the Astros. Now they're going to have to start investigating. Major League Baseball has said they will begin an investigation, and they take it very seriously. Have they announced how close they are with the Astro stuff to getting a seen. result? I mean, it's. I mean, I, and I understand why it would take some time. I get it. I just wonder if they've come up with anything yet, though. Because it's 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 been a while since See, they started that investigation. Alex Cora is right in the thick of all this. He was a bench coach for oh, the Red for Sox, Houston, huh? Uh, excuse me, for Houston in seventeen, and then he was the, the manager. manager for the the Red Sox in eighteen. Yeah, both that's... clubs have under. <clears throat> <laughs> Under so does Cora a lot of investigation for stealing and cheating. Does if Cora's found guilty, right, in both parties, do you suspend him? Does he get the Pete Rose ban? I don't think it's a Pete Rose ban. But How he gets? I would see that he could okay, get suspended. So time out. So time out. Pete Rose gambles on baseball, not on his own team, but on baseball, and he gets banned for life. Alex Cora cheats, legitimately cheats in the game of baseball. And he gets suspended in two different institutions. No, it's not. With Houston and Boston. Okay, yeah, but two. Okay, so two teams. Right, with two different institutions. Oh, sorry, I see what you're saying. I'm yeah. sorry, I, I misread you. Uh, I don't think he gets banned for life, but I could see he'd get a significant suspension. How do you not get banned for cheating? You get banned for gambling, but you don't get banned for cheating. That makes no sense to me. Well, there's this there's this thought that there may have been some cheating involved with the gambling that was going on too. Okay, well, then that makes even more sense if you should ban him for life in baseball. Well, if you're trying to throw a game to get to a certain score to win your your betting line. If you're trying to cheat to actually win the baseball game, filming signals. I mean, just remember, Belichick got a $500,000 fine and got crucified by the sports world for it. If it's Alex Cora, I mean, they're going to be like, oh, it's okay. You're still the best. <laughs> All right, coming up next year, the Full Court Press, a stat that blew our mind, and a player of the week. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. On Tuesdays, we always do a stat that blew our minds and a player of the week. I think from what I've heard earlier in the show, Ajay and I may have the same stat. All right, let's hear stat first. Boyan Bogdanovich had a great game for the Jazz the other night. Well, last night against the New Orleans Pelicans. It was all offense and not much else. Uh, He is just the first player in NBA history with multiple 25-point games with no rebounds, no assists, no steals, or no blocks. Last night against New Orleans, he he did that, and it also happened on March 29th, 2018, versus the Kings. Do you know who else did it before him? Allen Houston in 2000, the Knicks. Ooh, interesting. Uh, Here's my stat for you, and this is an interesting one. So the Seahawks beat Philadelphia in Philadelphia. Before that game, in playoff games... Between two teams that are birds and the team at home would have won nine or no, ten straight games. 
Teams with birds. <laughs> in NFL matchups featuring birds. birds as in playoffs, our home. The home bird always wins. 10-0 and 0 until Seattle beat Philadelphia. <laughs> you like that? I like that. that. That's good. That's good. All right, the player of the week. Who's your player this week? You know, mine's Rudy Gobert. I just mm. for the last week, I thought Rudy Gobert last week was phenomenal. He's had a great. And week. I thought his averages went skyrocket up, based on his great defense and his offense. Uh, rebounding I, has been off. The rebounding has been great. I, I, I don't have the exact numbers right now, but Rudy Gobert is my player of the week. For me, my player is Derrick Henry. Oh, first player with two hundred scrimmage yards against a Belichick coach team. Patriots team in the in a playoff game. He set the franchise record for scrimmage yards in a playoff game. He had 128 yards in the first half. He was a machine for Tennessee. Sadly, your Patriots couldn't slow him down. That's not why I chose him to rub yeah, salt did. in the wound. Yeah, you did. But he, I had to yes, recognize did. he had a tremendous, tremendous game in the playoffs. Good for you. Tomorrow, we'll recap what happened against Utah State and Air Force. We didn't get a chance to get to the XFL. Really interesting rules that they want to play under. Could they be adopted in other leagues? Could the NFL be taking a strong look at these? Maybe they should. It'll make it entertaining, if nothing else. So we'll update you on what that looks like. Um, and uh, we'll continue to get you ready for Region 11 basketball. Those games begin on Friday. We'll have more previews from uh, some of the other teams that are going on. Um, Mountain Crest, Bear River. Green Canyon, and Logan, the other teams that we'll try to touch base with. So stay tuned. We'll be doing that over the next couple of days here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you again tomorrow.